0: KPBS On Demand is supported by the University of San Diego, offering professional and continuing education courses in the areas of business, education, healthcare, and engineering. For enrollment opportunities, visit pce.sandiego.edu.
1: Good morning. I'm Annika Colbert, and it's Thursday, January 7th. We were in the middle of the debate on Arizona, and suddenly we saw that rioters had crashed through the Capitol.
2: They had broken windows and were coming down the hallway through Statuary Hall, coming to the House floor, going to the Senate floor, and what was so unimaginable is that on the House floor, uh,
1: the Capitol Police barred the doors with desks and so forth and had their guns drawn.
2: But I'm angry. I'm angry that um, we had the president show up this morning at a rally, and uh, could have uh, been better about using his words and asking people to protest peacefully. Um, the fact that he, he just recently told people to, um, to leave um, and not do that from the beginning um, makes me angry that we are at this point um, and that it has come to this. Uh, we have his supporters terrorizing uh, Capitol Hill police, um, members of Congress and staff uh, to try to stop this process. Um, and so I'm angry. I'm sad.
0: Well, I believe that, uh, the party of Ronald Reagan died today. Uh, the cause of death was suicide. The only way the Republican party is a viable national party is if it can put together, uh, the Trump supporters and those who are more, more comfortable with, uh, the Mitt Romney's, uh, of the world. And, uh, now that Trump has led his supporters toward insurrection, uh, toward a repudiation of electoral electoral democracy, I don't know how they put that party back together again. And being here uh, tonight is obviously a very, very emotional time. Let me tell you, um, I can't stress it enough. You're yeah, 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 hearing it in my voice. But, like I said, despite these emotions, uh, it sure as hell ain't going to stop us, and it ain't going to stop me from doing my job, uh, because that's how our democracy moves forward.
1: The voices of Representatives Judy Chu of Los Angeles, Nanette Diaz-Barragan of Los Angeles, Brad Sherman of San Fernando Valley, and Jimmy Panetta of Northern California, respectively, all reacting to the tragic, deadly, and historic scene at the U.S. Capitol in Washington, D.C. yesterday. Pro-Trump extremists stormed the Capitol building while Congress was proceeding with certifying the November 2020 electoral votes. KPBS reporter Matt Hoffman spoke with Representative Scott Peters of Sandy, Diego, who described what happened from inside the building. Uh,
0: at one point, uh, Speaker Pelosi was removed from her post, and then we saw a couple of our senior leadership ushered away really kind of forcefully, and we saw the doors get closed, and they were told us that um, we, were, we were locked down because the Capitol had been breached. Um, later on, they were able to, to clear the people off the floor, the House floor, but the people in the gallery were kind of still waiting up there. They said there might be tear gas, so they asked us to get out our masks from underneath. Everyone had their mask at the ready, but we were sitting in our chairs. And um, uh, then a little bit later on, they started, they tried to evacuate us. I was on what's sort of the Democratic side and they were trying to get us around to the Republican side. So we had a snake around the gallery all the way around. Um, and at the time we got to the very end, um, they said, get down on the ground because um, it looked like they were trying to get into the House floor right then. They barricaded that door for the for the entrance to the house floor with a piece of furniture. It had guns pointed out at it, uh, away from it. Um, so a lot of us were just lying that sort of lying close to the ground anyway to uh, to figure out what's going on. And a lot of people were kind of emotional. Some folks were older, having a little trouble getting around. Um, and then uh, sometime later, they said uh, to exit the side door, and we were able to get out into the tunnel and, and away. So. Um, you know, it's a fairly harrowing a few minutes, um, and uh, I'm glad we're all safe.
1: Peter's story is similar to that of several other congressmen and women on Capitol Hill yesterday. Representative Scott Peters offered this reflection.
0: And these people who say that we should reject um, the state certification, it's really, it's very anti-democratic in, in really the worst possible way. And what's also happened is it's given license to these people to... Um, to bring violence on the government. And what a shame for America. What a sad day for America.
1: One person was shot and killed during the riot. Her name was Ashley Babbitt. She was a 14-year Air Force veteran from San Diego. Three other people died of medical emergencies on or around the Capitol grounds, according to D.C. police. San Diego Congressman Juan Vargas was in his office in D.C. at the time. He described the situation as anarchy. He told his staff earlier in the day to prepare for the worst as they sheltered in place, not sure of what could be coming.
0: It's unfortunate, but this is what it's come to. So um, we, in fact, took everything that we could off the walls that we could defend ourselves with. And we're ready to do that in case we have to.
1: Vargas says he won't be intimidated, and he says San Diegans will have their voices heard in D.C. Representative Mike Levin of San Diego was also there at Capitol Hill in his office and had this to say.
0: In can affiliate with a different party. Whatever it is, we, we don't resort to violence. And that's what we saw today is domestic terrorism. Uh, the people that did this need to be held accountable. They need to answer for this.
1: California Governor Gavin Newsom canceled his Wednesday news conference out of, quote, an abundance of caution after Trump supporters gathered outside the state capitol. Thankfully, there were no major incidents. Newsom says the actions of the extremists in D.C. were, quote, reprehensible and an outright assault to our democracy and democratic institutions. In San Diego, about 200 Trump supporters gathered outside the county administration building downtown on Wednesday. They echoed unfounded claims of a rigged election. KPBS reporter Jacob Ayer has more. By the mid-afternoon, the pro-Trump group from San Diego had dispersed and later reconvened in Santee in the late afternoon. The group was smaller with roughly 100 individuals, but the protesters became verbally aggressive. Some law enforcement arrived at the site of the protest just before 6 p.m. to investigate conflicts in the area, but no serious violence took place. And speaking of law enforcement, the events in Washington yesterday exposed yet another contrast in police response between the Black Lives Matter movement protests and Trump supporters. Assemblywoman Lorena Gonzalez of San Diego tweeted, quote, What if the protesters charging the Capitol armed were mainly black and brown men? What do you think would happen then? Representative Juan Vargas concurred with the criticism.
0: If the reality was if these were Black Lives Matter um, protests, it would have cleared everyone the hell out of here.
1: Gonzalez and Vargas are far from the only ones with those observations. KPBS reporter Max Rivlin-Nadler has more.
0: On Wednesday afternoon, hundreds of supporters of President Trump gathered in front of the county administration center in San Diego. Police presence there was sparse as the event ended peacefully. But a similarly sized peaceful protest in November in support of the Black Lives Matter movement was met with dozens of police in riot gear, who ordered the group to disperse. To civil rights activist Shane Harris, the disparate enforcement for different causes, is typical of law enforcement in San Diego and across the country. You see sort of this lax approach because they're white, because uh, uh, they're not going to be as dangerous. Uh, we're not as concerned about them because of the color of their skin. And you've seen this across the country, and it is showing itself right now in America's capital. Harris called for investigations at the federal and county level into why police response have been so vastly different for the two groups. Maxwell Nadler, KPBS News.
1: Coming up, we'll have the latest on COVID-19 in San Diego and a lot more. That's next, just after this break. San Diego County public health officials reported more than 3,800 new infections on Wednesday and 37 new deaths. Governor Gavin Newsom has proposed that California give stimulus checks of $600 to the state's lowest income population. Anyone making less than $30,000 a year would be eligible for the stimulus check. It's estimated that 4 million people in California would be eligible. And the pool of eligibility also includes some undocumented immigrants living in California who file state taxes. Newsom also asked the state legislature to extend the moratorium on evictions. San Diego County leaders are vowing to counter the effects of a history of systemic racism. KPBS health reporter Taryn Mento says elected officials are pushing for a plan to combat long-standing health disparities highlighted by COVID-19. County data shows Hispanic, Black and
2: Pacific Islander residents are hit harder by the coronavirus, but new supervisor Nora Vargas says COVID-19 isn't the only pandemic. And we must also collectively recognize and address that the pandemic of systemic racism is in San Diego County and in our nation. Vargas and Supervisor Nathan Fletcher were joined by community leaders to declare racism a public health crisis. Tribal Chairwoman of the Manzanita Band of the Kumeyaay Nation, Angela Elliott-Santos, explains how the past unjust practices against the local indigenous community created poor health outcomes. Today, diabetes runs rampant on our reservations. After having been free and proud, we were pinned up on land that wouldn't sustain one family out in the mountains, 4,200 feet up at Manzanita. So we see the lasting effects. Vargas says a measure will go before the Board of Supervisors next Tuesday to help address past discriminatory policies. It directs staff to collect community input on existing county policies, better use data to identify gaps in programming, and incorporate an equity impact statement for any future recommendations before the Board. We're establishing a commitment to disrupt and dismantle oppressive systems and we take the necessary steps to make sure that we remove barriers that prevent diversity and equity and inclusion. If approved, staff would return in 90 days with a framework to move forward.
1: That's story from KPBS Health Reporter Taryn Mento. California hospitals in regions with strained ICU capacities will have to delay some non-essential surgeries under a state order issued on Tuesday. Cap Radio's healthcare reporter Sammy Kayola has more.
2: Under the new rule, medical services such as non-urgent spinal surgeries or carpal tunnel release procedures will be temporarily delayed, but only people who live in certain parts of the state are affected. The rule applies to regions where the aggregate ICU capacity is zero at local hospitals, and only in counties within those regions where ICU capacity is at less than 10%. Currently, the San Joaquin Valley and Southern California regions are the only two where this rule would apply. The idea is by delaying these surgeries, more resources will be available to sick COVID patients. According to the new rule, cancer procedures, heart surgeries, and other operations for life threatening conditions should continue. In Sacramento, I'm Sammy Kayola.
1: A La Mesa police officer who fired a beanbag round that hit a black woman in the head will not face criminal charges. The announcement came from the district attorney's office on Wednesday. The DA's office review concluded that Detective Eric Knudsen used reasonable force when he fired on Leslie Furcron, a 59-year-old black San Diegan. Furcron was attending a protest on May 30th in La Mesa following the death of George Floyd at the hands of Minneapolis police, as well as following the controversial arrest of Amari Johnson in La Mesa. According to the DA's finding, Nudson believed Furcron had thrown a rock, though the object later was revealed to be an aluminum can. Video footage showed the can landed about a third of the way between Furcron and a group of San Diego County Sheriff's deputies. A new law will provide emergency aid for homeless veterans during the pandemic. According to the U.S. Veterans Administration, more vets have now died from COVID-19 than have died in combat in the last two wars. KPBS military reporter Steve Walsh has more.
0: The new law will temporarily loosen up the rules for providing services and outreach to homeless veterans, including raising the amount the VA can pay landlords in places like pricey San Diego. Congressman Mike Levin is one of the bill's sponsors. The uh, monthly rent payments has not been adequate for a community like ours. Uh, we know that roughly a quarter of those uh, bash vouchers are going unused. Those homeless vouchers were going unused in San Diego even before the pandemic. Price was one of the issues. Lack of outreach was another, Levin says. They can uh, choose to provide services that they could not before. The new law comes as the VA says 6,772 patients have died from COVID-19, more than the number of troops who died in Iraq and Afghanistan combined. Steve Walsh, KPBS News.
1: A superior court judge ruled that Proposition B the 2012 pension reform bill is invalid. KPBS Metro reporter Andrew Bowen says thousands of city workers will soon be entitled to stronger retirement benefits.
0: Prop B eliminated pensions for all new city employees except police officers. In 2018, the state Supreme Court ruled the city violated state labor laws when it placed the measure on the ballot. But it stopped short of invalidating the measure. A superior court judge on Tuesday did just that. Mayor Todd Gloria says the ruling is a vindication for him and others who opposed Prop B from the beginning. And I look forward to the opportunity of working with city leaders uh, as well as our employees uh, to figure out a path forward that will put this issue to rest and allow us to focus on the many other issues uh, that are, uh, demand uh, attention here at City Hall. Prop B supporters, including the Lincoln Club and City Councilman Chris Kate, denounced Tuesday's ruling, but none has yet said whether they plan to appeal.
1: And that was KPBS Metro reporter Andrew Bowen. And that's it for the podcast today. For the latest news, you can tune in to KPBS Radio at 89.5 FM for any breaking coverage. And as always, you can find all of the live streams and the latest news at KPBS.org. I'm Annika Colbert. Thanks for listening and have a great day.